Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cousins. And today we have, uh, well, it's an East London special, actually. I'm from East London. And I'll, and I'll... Oh, yeah, all right. I didn't know that. You should have said that before. Yeah, hey. I'm from, I'm from Leighton. <laughs> oh, Leighton. Good Leighton, boy. Well, I'm, I'm in Essex now, but don't tell anyone. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we got out of Essex uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, you can obviously see who we're joined by. Someone who was a ref pro British heavyweight champion, uh, four-time undisputed tag team champion. And he was also, in 2013, ranked 246 in the PWI's best. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I made it once. Uh... Made it once, exactly. <laughs> it's Mr. East himself, Shah Samuels. How are you doing, mate? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not bad, thank you. You know, it's cold weather, so I've got a bit of a cold, but apart from that, I'm perfect, fine. Yeah, All exactly. Good. It is How about yourself? I'm good, man, but it's definitely the cold weather season. Uh, heating went on in my household last weekend. I shuddered at that thought. Oh, God, don't do that. Put <laughs> layers on instead. You know, don't, don't take that risk. You can't be taking those risks anymore, <laughs> God, no. But thanks so much for joining us today, sir. Yeah. It's great to have you on. Um, Thanks for having Scott, me. 2023, I mean, the British independent scene. For me, I've been to independent shows more this year than I've any other year. I've joined the podcast this year. Um, I can't believe the talent on show. I mean, you you can look at your Okus and, and your Millses and your Robbie Xs yeah. and yourself. And, and I see some talent on the shows that I go to. I don't just go to Ref Crime Progress. I go to sort of local uh, uh, promotions as well in Boreham Wood area and things like That's that. That's good. The talent is incredible at the moment. Yeah, I feel like, to be honest, I feel like there's always been good talent over here. Mm. Like, for years, since I first started back in 2002, I reckon we're just victims of geography, that people just see we're from the UK, we're British, so automatically we're just pegged down a couple of, like, layers. Like, people always put Americans and Japanese and Mexican people over Brits. And I think that's, you know, short-sighted of people. There's always been great talent here. And I think we're we're set up in such a way now there'll always be um, great talent coming out of training schools. Yeah. I just think because the level of talent that have made it um, in big companies that get to come back and share their experiences with people um, and pass that on, the amount of decent training schools there are now. Yeah. But I can remember when I first started, two training schools in the whole of the UK. Yeah. Now there's so many good places to learn. So I just think like constantly, we're going to constantly get great workers coming out of this country now. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you're right. I mean, I remember yeah. kicks in Essex. That was where we Yeah, that's why I started, you know. Yeah. That's why I started. I, I, I was there briefly for about a month, but I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do that. Just it was it is tough. It is tough. You know, when I and also this doesn't mean I'm gonna sound like an old man here, but back in my day and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but we legit learned how to bump on the like the floor, the mats, because we didn't have a ring. There wasn't no money in it. But uh but no one has that problem now. There's rings set up everywhere and yeah. people are learning in such a good way. So yeah. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully it continues. And you look at, and you now look at the likes of, you know, you mentioned people who have gone to uh, sort of abroad to pluck their trade, like the Ospreys of this world, who yeah. all in and people like that. And he can come back. I know he took Callum Newman under his belt and he's now over yeah. in Japan doing what he's yeah. doing, uh, which, is, which is only going to help, uh, obviously, the British talent. And also, when you see that as well, it does give the, the talent over here saying, well, actually, it can happen. Even it can though, be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember when, like, again, this may me sound old, but like 
You're my like age. So yeah, 2008, 2009. Like, compared to all these young kids, they got to compete with. <laughs> now it's like I do feel my age. I'm at, in backstage at shows. I'm like Jesus Christ. What am I doing here? I just <laughs> hang up my boots. Right, everyone's so much younger. Um, but I just remember 2008, 2009 time. Um, like there was all rumblings of like we used to have tryouts over here, mm-hmm. and people were like myself included. We always had that mindset of like, as what's the point in trying out for WWE? They have a Brit. They have a Brit. They have. They have a Scottish guy, they have an Irish guy, they have an English guy. They're not looking for someone like me. Because we had that mindset of like, what's the point in trying? Because um, you didn't think you could make it. Because there's already, like, at that time, you had Wade Barrett on TV. Seamus was the Irish guy. Drew McIntyre was the Scottish guy. So we we had that mindset of like, ah, what's the point? What's the point? Maybe just the British scene is our level. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like now, seeing the amount of people from this country, or even from Europe in general, becoming big stars just means uh, it's not that way anymore. If you're talented, you will make it to the top, no matter what. Some people might get there in two years. Some might take 18 years. But if you're talented at this, you'll make it. Exactly. I think a great prime example of being very talented and very young was more recently was Leon Slater. Yeah, look, he's a a star. Absolute star. I've only met him, but I might have met him years and years ago before the pandemic, I don't know. But getting to see him on shows... I've just one thing that's remained clear. Every show I've been on with him, he's been the standout. By yeah. far, I feel like he's the standout. He's the guy on the scene over here. And what is he, 18, 19? Yeah. That's so scary, right? So scary. Imagine what he's going to be like when he's 28. You know? Yeah. Scary. Incredible. I mean, that kind of, I mean, but he does kind of fit impact well, though, doesn't he? If you look at, yeah. you, look at you look at some of those matches that he can have on there. I mean, you could put him in a yeah. on, but I mean, he's proven that even at Rev Pro, but. You look at the X division, he's an absolute prime fit for that, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He fits in. But like you said, wherever he goes in the world, he'll uh, do well. I can see him going to Japan, maybe after his stint here, go do a long stint in Japan. But I feel like he's going to be in one of the top companies in America five, six years. You know, well, that's all depends on where he wants to go. Like yeah. the, the power's in his hands, really. But I can see him being in WWE five, six years' time yeah. if that's something he wants to do. Um, AEW, that's something he wants to do. You know, the world's his oyster. And who knows, maybe Impact Wrestling, because they're on there. I mean, obviously he's signed there now, and he's he could yeah. quite easily. I mean, they're on they're on, they're running the crest of a wave at the moment as well. Yeah, they're, they're doing well, making a good name of himself. Good that the tour over here looked tremendous. Yeah, we some great guys on it. Yeah. And you know, it's exciting times. And I feel like it's you know, it's only gonna create another boom period over here again. I can see two, 2024 being a big, big year. I hope so. I hope so. Going back to yeah. that, you did have a stint in, in NXT, uh, NXT, yeah, for that matter. Um, one of the questions we got asked from one of our guys, we we spoke to him at a show on Sunday. Yeah. I, I announced when I was at a show, we we partnered with Ignite uh, in Borehamwood, and I got yeah. announced that you were coming on, and he got a Big East chant. So there you go. Awesome. 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 One of the guys come up to me and said, "What was the different? Say, what was the one thing that you learned in NXT that perhaps you hadn't learned previously before going there?" <clears throat> Um, that's a, t- that's a tough, a tough <laughs> question. There's a lot of things. I mean, I'm trying to think back now, like to yeah. all the stuff I learned. Um, main thing was camera, camera stuff, character stuff, and I was always a big character guy. Yeah. But that the guys that work TV, like Sean Michaels, Matt Bloom, um, only ever had com- conversations with them over Zoom, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because it's a pandemic. But they always gave me pointers and um, advice about character work that would would help me. So. Character work and camera work is the two things I learned most from NXT. 
Yeah, it's definitely you definitely yeah. they definitely more they're definitely on the character side of things in the W. Yeah, definitely hundred percent. You know, for that. I mean, what was Ed Harvey yeah. all about? Uh, well, this <laughs> this is the thing, right? I got given that uh, my big TV uh, debut, and I can see what they tried to do, right? So I think at around that time, I was um, I think around that time, my daughter's just trying to invade. Um, around that time, indie guys would get given new names on WWE TV. So someone who made their name on the indies. Uh, would get given like a new name on NXT because NXT UK was a bit more tucked away. I'm mean, sure Michaels wanted to wanted to make sure. Sorry, I'm bad. This. Sean Michaels wanted to have someone come out on TV and denounce the WWE name and go back to their indie name. So what he did wanted me to do was the guy named Vince. I'm not Ed Harvey. I'm Shaw Samuels. You all know I'm Shaw Samuels. So that was his mindset around doing it. You uh, know? Yeah. yeah. That was good because we do see a lot of these. It feels like a random name generator thing with NXT. Yeah, I mean, like again, it was uh, it was an inside joke. I believe the floor manager at BT Sport was called Ed Harvey, so that's why I was given that as a little pop to him. <laughs> There's all these insider things. I mean, I only knew that I only found that out when I got there, and it said when they film in BT Sports, he has a screen and it says floor producer and it said Ed Harvey. So I was like, ah, here we go. That's where they got my name from. <laughs> it must have still been good listening to Shawn Michaels and be able to pick his brain, even if it is over Zoom. Oh, absolutely. Like, they do these things where they, they watch your matches back over Zoom and then uh, um, they get to, as you're watching it, they get to pause it and be like, well, this is what you could have done here. Um, and you just learn so much that way. And I thought that's such a productive way of learning. Yeah, it does. I mean, I have to remember when I was doing my stuff at Ignite, where, where, where hard cam was. <laughs> Yeah, for me, did you, go, did you go to BT Sports? Did you ever go? I, there? I've been to the studio, yeah. I've been to, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what uh, do you think of the shows there? I liked it, yeah. We also went to see NXT in Brentwood. In uh, they done a, oh, a, right. a one in Brentwood, a show in Brentwood, um, NXT yeah. UK. That was when um, it was what he was Walter then, uh, all oh, right, yeah, Imperium. But uh, that I, was in 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I was originally meant to debut at that show, but you know, oh, okay, was it meant to be? Oh, interesting. Was it meant to be? Uh, I just remember listening to Walter's Chops or Gunter now, as he's called. And he, oh, yeah. God, they were just... Oh. I mean, then saying that, Luke Jacobs is another one. Switching gears back to... Yeah, know, of course. Um, Luke Jacobs, for me, I mean, if he isn't somewhere... Well, I'm not saying there's no disrespect to Red Pro Progress or anything like that, but if he is not no, no, no. America in the next three or four years, it'll be an injustice. Absolutely. What we want, like, when you say something like that, it's not a, it's not a slight to anyone... And no. just, the reality is, we all want to make money at this. And yeah. for us to make money, it has to be overseas, unfortunately. Mm. So we can build a... Someone like Luke Jacobs will definitely, like, he's a young guy. Was he, 23? Yeah. 24? Yeah. I, just, I, mean, I honestly feel like, speaking for myself, and obviously people are different, I just feel like there's so much life to you. Life, to, you can make so much out of yourself when you get to your 30s in wrestling. Like, he's still got that seven years. Before he even gets like he's um, trying, so he's definitely going to make it. He's definitely going to make it to a big company. Yeah, he's one of the most. I strong... see him in Japan. I do see him in Japan. Yeah, yeah. strong style. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's where he's like. You see his match of Ishii at the Copper Box. I was, um, I was there at the, the top bleacher. So I, I was on like second or third. Yeah, and then obviously shower get changed and went up to the top um, bleachers. There's a section we can go right next to a bar, luckily enough. So I got a few beers in as well. <laughs> and then I remember watching that match live. Blew, blown away. Blown away. It was 
I've never seen anything like it. Like, obviously, I've seen a lot of matches and stuff, but yeah. but I'm not gonna. This is not an insult to anyone, but I, I just assumed it would have been a a phoned in performance from you know the import, shall we say? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you get them imports that come over. Nice, easy day at the office. Not going to stress myself too much. Nice, nice chunk of change in the pocket and fly off home. It wasn't that in the slightest. It was one of the most physical matches I'd, I've, I've seen. So uh, I think that on that performance alone, I reckon people have become aware of Luke Jacobs. And he's got a great catalogue of work um, before that. Mm. So he, the, the, he's another one like Leon Slater. Like he, it's the, he's, got all the, he's got all the power in his hands. It's how he wants to use it. Um, mm. And I feel like the match in Crystal Palace is going to be even bigger than the one in Copper Box. Probably, but I don't think anyone could have an easy day at the office wrestling Luke Jacobs, to be quite... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I wrestled him once. Where was we? The St. Neots were Red Pro. Yeah. Um, since coming back from Red Pro, uh, I feel like Andy's given me like a little challenge to wrestle all the top... He's top guys since coming yeah. back, and I feel like I've done that. Um, and I wrestled him at St. Neots, so I really... I'm like, again, it was very physical... And Sydney Ops, and it's not a um, to slag any venues off, but that's not known as a, a top Rev Pro town. No. Like, shall we say, it was a South Side town before, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't It wasn't like a night off. It was still very physical. Everything <laughs> hit, everyone both hit hard. So there's no night off with Luke Jacobs. No way. No chance. No, that. I, I love the 229 venue, though. I really like that. That's it. I do as well. Like since coming back, right, and I, I just I prefer that to uh, any other these big venues. Apart from York Hall, York Hall is my yeah. favorite venue in all of wrestling, right? But I can I can understand that's getting harder and harder to run, right? That prices are through the whew. yeah. Um, but the two two nine, I think it was I think there's gonna be more emphasis on the two two nine shows. Good. Like this is I don't like this not insider information, just my opinion. Um, just seeing how stacked that last card was. I think that's just going to be, that has to be at that level every time now. Have you got, and you were there, right? The yeah. Place was packed. Like, yeah. how many busiest I've ever seen it? Um, but there's something like, there's a charm about it. Just like the cockpit um, yeah. uh, a few years ago, we used to run there. There was a charm about that building as well. Even more so, years and years ago in Cityborne at the Swallows Leisure Centre, that was a charming building as well. So I reckon these smaller venues. Yeah. They do have something about them that we all work hard when we're there. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. I, I love, I love the intimate yeah. setting. I think my first show, because I said I only started going Rev Show Rev Pro this year. I went to yeah. first one. I went to York Hall earlier on in the year. Then yeah. I went to two two nine, and yeah. uh, the first thing that happened was I think Mills got thrown into my lap. They had this, we had the big <laughs> fight. And all of a sudden, Mills just comes flying over, and and <laughs> so, but that's the good. Was that was that? Um... Uh, Oku and uh, Mills. Was that my Oku and Mills? I don't uh, think it was, uh, the street fight. No, I think it was um, that Robbie X was involved. It was like a, I mean, it was like a multi-man tag. Oh, well, oh, was that the first one you went to? That was the first two two nine. Um, the, oh, right, right. I was, I was saying that the ten man tag. You might have been. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was before just before the copper box. Yeah, that was that was a again a lot of fun. Yeah, that was. I That's mean, what's good about these intimate shows. Like you get a wrestler thrown in your lap. You know, it's a yeah. story to tell. I had that. I had Spike Gervais dumped on me in uh, progress as well. <laughs> Seems to be have a habit of getting you guys throwing at me all of a sudden. We always we always look out for you. That's why. That's been a look. Yeah, I must I must yeah. look awful. Um, world of sport come back as part of Impact. Yeah, you were b- briefly a part of that. It's a really weird one because it just doesn't feel like you. 
we've obviously got all the American wrestling on TV. And for yeah. some unknown reason, it just doesn't work here on a weekly basis. I don't know. What, is there any reason you think that would be? Yeah, here's a, here's a, I reckon this, this is my theory. Now, mm. And this is not, again, I don't like, this sounds like I'm not going to knock at anyone. I feel like it's as simple things as when a person watches TV wrestling, mm. pro wrestling, they're so conditioned to hear an American voice. Yeah. That when they hear a British voice on commentary, like a world of sport came back on ITV, mm. It's off. It's off putting to a casual audience. I'm like that's not wrestling, because that sounds like Bob down the pub. You get what I mean? Like I just feel like there's going to have to be a really a re-education um, to get that big casual audience from something as simple like it's, it's always been called American wrestling. Like yeah. to a casual audience, wrestling's called American wrestling. Yeah. So when you start showing a British side of it, it's it's weird to a lot of people because people don't like change, even if it's something they don't watch. Yeah. It's weird. Weird for them to see. I mean, that's just my feeling on it. Yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah. You're so used yeah. to hearing like the Hogan's and the, you know, when yeah. we were growing up, it was Hogan and Warrior and, and on. Yeah. You know, and then we had British Bulldog briefly, God rest his soul. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for many, many years. Um, touching back to Rev Pro and your recent, uh, shall we say, escapades there with the cruise weight. Oh, right, yeah. Um, now, you won that very briefly. Uh, one of the yeah, I, I, I'm, it counts. It counts. Yeah, it counts. Oh, it of counts. course it does. Absolutely, absolutely. You won it. Uh, I took a picture. It counts. Yeah, exactly. You got the picture. I remember seeing the picture as well. It was on. Uh, Mr. Mills wasn't happy uh, at that point. Uh, Mr. True Grit yeah. wasn't happy. Uh, wanted you to weigh yourself. You, you didn't weigh in at the schedule. The, the weight. Uh, so you had to go through a rigorous training regime, which you posted yes. on social media to make weight. Absolutely. Which you did. Uh, how much, you know, this is really weird because a lot of people see this as UFC. They have a weight division and you've got to get cut yeah. into that division to be able to fight for that one. How difficult is it to do that, though? Because you're because somebody you weigh a certain amount and that's generally what you weigh. To then have yeah. to drop so much, does it affect you performance-wise as well a little bit? <clears throat> um, I, mean, I don't think it does. But mentally it can. Yeah. It does make you tired. Like, I love food. Food's my true passion in life. Some might think it's pro wrestling, but it's actually food. <laughs> um, if I'm watching on, on my phone scrolling on Instagram I'm scrolling I'm looking at food recipes I'm looking at food reviews I'm not looking at high spots or big moves right so food is my passion <laughs> so to restrict that out of my life makes me a very grumpy person so mentally it's tough but then you got to realise what you're doing it for like i got to be honest I mean when I came back I went to, when I, and they announced the copper box right mm -hmm. there was very limited opportunity for me to get on that show yeah, and I think one of the opportunities was is it going to be a big cruiserweight match? I was like, oh, let me try and prove myself. So I was like, if I could drop enough weight, let's let's have this conversation because I've I've been there since the start. I've won the heavyweight championship, tag championship. Let's make it a cool story that going into this, I could win potentially win the cruiserweight title. So I lost all the weight, diet down. Not even a sure thing that I'd be on the show. I was doing it ahead of time, yeah, just to show like I'm willing to work hard at this. Um, so I got down to a weight and then it was like, it just happened. All things um, worked out and there was a, a spot for me in the, the cruiserweight scramble. Did that. And because we had so much fun with it, I was like, let's just make the most of it. Let's keep it going. Let's keep telling, like, it's a good story to tell. And I, and I felt like there was a good reaction at the 229 when I won it originally. So why not let's like, prolong that? We could have just done it once and then that's it, it's done. Or we can carry, keep telling the story. And we told a great story, I thought. Um, yeah, so, and then I thought, uh, the, doing the weigh-in before the show was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. I thought, actually, I'm going to make the most out of this. You've bumped one of the 
You bump. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Make the most of it. I'm not going to just be like a match graphic goes up. No, let's go with the full hog. I'm talking about. I'm going to go out there an hour before, uh, half an hour before the show starts. I'm going to do drills in the ring. I'm going to weigh myself before the show. I'm going to put all effort I can into it. Put a lot of effort in, and hopefully, you know, people get invested. And I, I feel like I did. It did for I me. I got invested. I, I loved it. I thought I thought it was great. I mean, and it was also the main event. Yeah. Now, being the main event yeah. on the show stack like that, come, I mean, obviously, your experience and the pressure. Yeah. Work, do you still feel that little bit of pressure going into a main event on the show that stacked? Absolutely. I mean, we were only told we were a main event the day of the show. Uh, I saw the match graphics go up. I, I had my idea what I thought the main event was going to be. And I'm sure a lot of people thought, it was going to be like Oku and Luke Jacobs, right? And rightly so, a British heavyweight title with two of the top guys going at it. But it was, it was Andy Cordham had a lot of faith in Mia Mills and just said, you, you guys have been telling this, I've been in this feud since like uh, the start of August. Yeah. Um, so let's let's finish it properly and have it as the main event. And if anything, it elevates the Cruiserweight title, it elevates Mills, elevates me. So it's all good. Exactly. But, that. Yeah, it was a lot of, yeah, and I'm, I'm moving funny, but what, we had the monitor backstage watching as that match was unfolding, and we're on, we're on after it. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I mean, the crowd are not gonna care. I thought the crowd would be knackered, and I, and I don't get that. It's a long show, yeah. there's so much wrestling you can watch, and then there's us two coming out trying to, you know, beat each other up, this, that, and the other. That was tough. That was gonna it be was the tough to follow. Actually, how to follow yeah. that? Because I, I must have. You been can't on. follow it. You can't. It was just amazing. How, what can you do? We can only give them something different. We only give you something different. So you did though. You um, did something different. It was good. It was I mean, good. did something different. And the end of the day, I thought like all the matches on that show, we had a story going into it. I felt like, and there was a, a connection there. So that kind of helped us. And everything on that show was different, top yeah. to bottom. You could have put a lot of things on last. You could have put, um, you know, there was women's Jay, match. Yeah, that 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 stole. I was arguably stole the show, right? Yeah. Um, Trent and Leon, another great match. So there was a lot of main events. It wasn't just uh, us, but closing the show was special. And it meant a lot. And it also meant that all the effort going into it, put, we put into it that from since it started in, before the couple box, right up until November, um, showed that, you know, Corden appreciated it. So that was almost like a tip of the hat, like, we're going to put you on last. Exactly that. And right. it was, it was yeah. very well done. And I still thought that was a great match, by the way. I thought it was a really Thank enjoyed, you very much. Really enjoyed that match. As we start sort of start to begin to wrap up now, show what was being yeah. what is your goal for say 2024 now? What's next for you? What do you um, do? Apart from win gold, obviously, in me. Uh, I just just to maintain a good at eight, 38 years old, right? So 39 next year. Uh, I just want to maintain a good level of of a good body of work and just still wrestle. I still want to step up my game and make sure I'm still wrestling with companies like RevPro. I feel like they're the best company in the UK, maybe Europe. And I feel like if you're on that show, if you're on them shows, you're doing something right. So if I could maintain that level and stay on them kind of shows, I would. Um, you know, apart from that, that's all I can say. Short, I'm only thinking about short-term goals. The long-term goal is to continue to make a living from doing this and hopefully get the attention of a big company still. I feel like I have a lot to give as a TV character, and um, I didn't really get a fair a fair run um, at a fair run at it um, when I was originally signed. So hopefully that's on the cards in the future as well. We'll have to get NXT are bringing back Europe at some point. Yeah, they are, they are. But again, like I'm not going to say nothing. But no. you know, 
Um, they, I did a bit of coaching for them this year and a bit of producing. I mean, they never said specifically it was for Europe, but um, who knows what's going to happen next year. Who knows what the future holds? You can never look past that the is. next day, as they that say. Is. But as we wrap up now, if you can tell people, look, what, what appearances you've got, how can they contact you, where are you available, across all your socials, and if they want to buy any merch, where can they do it? <clears throat> all right, so I'm at Shah Samuels and all, uh, all social media platforms, at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, I'm, 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 that's the kid's fault, that is. Um, <laughs> ShahSamuels.BigCartel.com. Um, that is where you can get my T-shirts. If I go back, I've got about 10 or 12 um, T-shirts left in stock because I bought a big bunch for the Copper Box but wasn't allowed to sell them. So help me out there, people. Um, and also, you, I've got shows coming up this week. Um, um, FPW in Sutton. Next week, um, Shropshire Wrestling Alliance, yes. Red Pro in Portsmouth. And I've got ICW December 10th and loads of other stuff sprinkled in between. There you go. I think we may we may be at Shropshire. I don't know. Maybe one. I think my oh, yeah. good. Oh, my Midlands correspondent might be actually. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I have a Midlands guy called Dave who may be going to that one. But uh... I'm in a five way. They just announced it yesterday. I'm in a five way, so that'll be carnage. Can't wait. That will be carnage. From from our point, you're hitting the turnbuckle. We just finished with Ignite on Sunday. It was how is Ignite? I've heard good things about them. Right, like everyone was putting them over. Like really putting them over. The tag match was um, one of the tag yeah. matches. I class this as it was Rev Pro standard, and I want, I'm want. i hoping Good. that's going to be the bench for next year. Yeah, I think it should be, right? It should be. We have our own championship that's defended there. So the hitting the turnbuckle title was defended. Um, yeah. Smash, Smashing Mike beat Will Cruz uh, in, a, in a great nice. that one. But the one that stole the show for me was uh, a tag team. The tag team match, it was CPF against the Rebellion. We had the... Uh, oh, Rebellion. Yes. I was on a show of them the night before. Was you? about their matches. So yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, to be honest, like, all of the matches on that show was unbelievable. But we yeah. we can't wait for February. We go back there to Shenley Road for Chapter Three with our champion yeah. Mike. He will take on Man Like Drees, uh for the uh, the hitting the turnbuckle. That'd be a good match. Really good. That'd be a good match. Uh, we got they got a new Ignite champion in Adonis Payne. Uh, he cashed in his shot at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, see that after Gene Money. Uh, Defeated Corey McRae for the Ignite Championship. Uh, Adonis then cashed in his uh, opportunity. He can't be a good cash in. Eh? That's what the exciting thing that is. That's that's one of the good things about pro wrestling now. Like a cash in. As I remember when that first started many many years ago, who would have thought it would have caught on? And now it's on indie shows and it's an exciting yeah. part of any show. That's awesome. It is. Adonis Payne won the breakout in the first match and then cashed in. You get a breakout trophy and you get the winner. Although he still hasn't beat my son for the breakout trophy, Adonis. Um, was your son a wrestler? No, no, my son's eight. But he was... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he went early, through... but he's getting there. He's getting... Well, funnily enough, he went to... It was his first Ignite show. So I took him to Money in the Bank earlier on in the year and all of that. Um, but it was his first indie show. First time he was backstage. And he literally... When you were when they were practicing the matches as you do, he was just literally at the, you couldn't get him away from the ring. <laughs> so, but he did hold the breakout trophy. So, Adonis, you've got to beat Riley for that. So, we'll see. But um, that was great. We're going to be this weekend. I think we got a weekend off, and then next week we're at Progress Wrestling uh, Vendetta. Awesome. Uh, we're back at the two two nine for Rev Pro in December. Awesome. We'll be there for that as well. Potentially going to get down to the one at Saint, I think it's Saint Neots at the end of the month season. Yeah, that was that thirtieth. Yeah. That's they will essentially be there as well. Um, but that is that is it, Shah. It's been a whirlwind chat, but a fantastic thank you very much. Hope we can do it again in the future. 
Definitely will do. Guys, this has been the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. He has been the king of East London. East, East Mr. Shah Samuels. Until next time, everybody, buckle down and stay safe. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast.